Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This week on The Kindness Project, we talk about spelling, Lincoln, and we have part one of our interview with Eddie Ross from the Into the Mind podcast. Welcome, my friends and random strangers on the internet, to The Kindness Project. I'm joined by a man who has decided today that he's going to be petty. I'm not being petty. <laughs> I'm not being petty. And I am also joined by another man who we couldn't make this podcast without. It's uh, Chris and Russell Dames. I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> See how you're going without me, Russ. He said, he said he's not talking to you, Charlotte. Russ, <laughs> Can you tell Charlotte I'm not talking to her? I'm not joking. Can you tell Charlotte I'm not talking to her? I'm so talking. I'm going to talk to you via Zoom and then tell Charlotte who's sitting next to me via Zoom that I'm not talking to her. Charlotte, your dad's not talking to you. He's just being petty, Russ. It's fine. <coughs> it, it'll blow over in 30 seconds or so. Can you tell? My dad don't with mine. I'm not being petty. I'm being childish. <laughs> Immature, immature what are you for? In the family. <laughs> uh, You're supposed to be the one who's good at communicating. I am good at communicating. I thought you were talking. Can you tell Charlotte <laughs> I am good at communicating, <laughs> Russ? Yeah, he is good at communicating most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. No, don't add stuff to when I, when I tell you about Russ. I expect you to do it for both. You don't. You don't have to stick up. With us. It's okay. Right, it's okay. Russ, you don't have I, to I should have made the list for that. Tell, tell <laughs> Charlotte, I'm not a pheasant blacker. I'm a pheasant blacker son. I'm only blacking pheasants in the pheasant blacker cups. <laughs> our podcast might get banned if I try and do that. <laughs> Welcome, my friends, to. I already did uh, that. No, I'm Just, doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> I am joined by a man who's clearly a pheasant blacker. It's Russell Dates and a girl. She likes plucking pheasants, but she's in a pheasant plucker's son of all. Almost no trouble there. It's Charlotte Dames. How are we, Jack? Says how we've been. I don't feel bad. It's only Monday. Pheasants. Um, now, last week, ladies and gents, um, I've got to apologise because we weren't here, were we? Well, we were. Oh, yeah, fine. You've, got, you've got a podcast, <coughs> but it wasn't the live, up to date version that we normally expect to deliver you. Because as you can probably hear, uh, I've got a bit of a cough and a cold, and last week it was really bad. So apologies for not being here. I hope you. Yeah, uh, this podcast really doesn't run without discussion. Otherwise, it's just one of us waffling up. Well, you could have done it on your own. Well, me and Russ could have done it. No problem. Why didn't you do it then? <laughs> we'll probably be better off doing that. We'll be being petty like that. Off you go then. I'm not being petty. Right, right, Russ. Right, I've turned him out of the... I've turned him out of the screen. He's sitting pouting. <laughs> you want to join in? Unbelievable. Do you want to participate right. now? Just so, just, just one comment while I let you and Russ will run the entire podcast. Podcast. Podcast normally needs to have an element of conversation, not just you laughing and Russ staring at the I'll be totally honest with you. The only bit I used to run is the back end. Now I'm doing front end, back end. So I probably am Maybe running back the end is the best way to describe it, Russ. What's he got now? 
He's taking himself out of the picture. You two can run it on your own. You two are fine without me. Go on then, see you later. You're going to stamp your feet in a minute. <laughs> right. Now, I was... So, look, look. I'm genuinely... No, you're back in the picture. Genuinely, um, I am like... Look, I, I know you two could probably do it without me, to be fair, and you'd do a really good job. It would be quite an uh, uh, interesting yeah. experiment to do a, uh, to do a okay, one without me. For the record, we would have only done it without you because you was incapacitated. Yeah, like, if you, if you did, like, passed out. And... <coughs> yeah, we'd have done it then. If I collapsed halfway through a podcast, would you... We'd just keep going. Out? We'd just keep going. Cool. I just, I just, oh, Sophie's getting I bumped. just join in. Uh, Sophie'd get involved. Yeah, well, we'd fill the gap. So you could, you could get rid of me, and you and Sophie could run the podcast. That might work, might it? Yeah, that might work. But, but the amount of the amount of um, uh, the amount of willpower it took when Russ would turn around and said. I just do the back end. Was just was just incredible. Anyway, on that note, I didn't have the willpower. I had to say something. We've 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 all agreed that we are all necessary cogs in the kindness project wheel, right? I like to think I'm the lungs. Dad's clearly the mouth. <laughs> What's Russ? The back end. So so. Sophie's the heart of the kindness project. Apparently. Charlotte's the lungs. I'm the mouth. Russell is the bottom. <laughs> aren't you, Russ? Are you the bottom of the kindness project? I am. I am. And there is back end and front end. Is the I'm combination a, of bottom and face. I'm, a, I'm, the, I'm the man that's bringing it up the rear. <laughs> <laughs> right, please, right. Please this is don't. a family podcast. Please don't do that. Now, now, on that, on that note, let's uh, try and uh, change the subject pretty quickly uh, and um, go on to question of the podcast, which is: What word do you always get tongue-tied on, mispronounce, or misspell? I, I have one for all three. Go on, then. Feminism. Feminism. Yeah. Misspelled, tongue-tied, or mispronounced. All three. Yeah. How do you normally pronounce feminism? Um, Feminism. Yeah, I've done that before. Um, And sometimes I don't remember when I'm supposed to stop with all the M's and the N's, and so it comes out feminism. Feminism. It's become a... Because I'm not the only one who does it in my sociology class, it's become a joke that instead of saying feminism, we all just say feminism. is, is feminism got a different definition? No, it actually means something. No. It means nothing. I bet you, Russ. What um, what words do you mispronounce or misspell? I'm always misspelling calendar. So, yeah. oh, for some reason, I always put two L's instead of two A's. Yeah, um, I I do that. Wait, Canada. Canada? No, not Canada. Canada. <laughs> He's misspelling and oh, mispronouncing calendar. I do, I do a lot of bookings for uh, for our boss here, and I'm using calendar all the time, and I always put two L's for some reason. I I always I always find myself going calendar, misspelling it, deleting it, calendar, misspelling it, deleting it, and then just putting just putting the diary because um, <laughs> that's easier. But then the other one for me. Is um is uh right? Can you go and get me my 
Uh, laptop charger, please, quickly. Um, the, other, the, other, the other thing for me is diary and dairy. I's and A's, I always get it the wrong way around. It's supposed to be I've thought, I've thought. No, but that's E's and I's, isn't it? And that's the other yeah. one I get, that I get, always get. Being, I have a problem with being. Yeah. And also, if I'm writing too fast, I will just put random E's on the end of words. Sometimes the word the had two E's on the end, and it was like, what? I mean, I love a bit of Grammarly, and I love a bit of yeah. spell check. It has made our lives. I have free Grammarly, so I don't pay for it. <laughs> well, you know what? Me, we, can I, I mispronounce just... spell and um, all words, just all words. <laughs> just all, all words. words. We're all like... <laughs> yeah, so Sophie, Sophie, it's all words. But you know what? Can we just talk about... We won't mention the university, because other universities are available. But we went for a university tour, didn't we? The drive was long. We had to stop. It was good. Yeah. Um, The university tour was incredible. But one of the outstanding points was the young guy. Was his name Reese or... I I can't remember. Anyway, the young guy did a tour of the... um, of the... uh, journalist school and it was Lincoln so let's mention it Lincoln University we had a good trip up there um and the guy was super enthusiastic and his big selling point Russ you yeah, get free Adobe for as long as you're oh, as long as you're yeah. Finn yes Finn thank oh, you God. oh Finn might listen actually because he said he was going to listen to the podcast mm. so if you are listening Finn send us an email uh saying and you did get mentioned could you Sorry. The podcast. Free Adobe. <coughs> the whole creative cloud. Yeah. The entire three to. I have to pay 24 quid for my student license. <laughs> You're not a student. How did you get a student Russell, license? Russell, Russell, I will. Um, I don't know about 24 quid. I mean, maybe 27 grand. Sorry. So, yeah, it, it's it, it, you might get free Adobe, but the cost of a university education is still quite a lot. And by the way, how are you getting a student license? Well, <laughs> you better just hope nobody from Adobe is listening. Let me let me explain it to you. Oh, so, so I brought a um, course on Udemy. Right. And, and suddenly you're a student. And, no. As part of that course, it had a code for students of that course to get student Adobe. Oh, okay. uh, fair enough. So... How long was the course? About 25 minutes. <laughs> I know. So, sorry, the, sorry. You the went course. on it. You were a student for 25 minutes and suddenly you get the you're in touch well, the whole reason I brought it was to get the discount. In in the in the intro, he says, Yeah, you get a student discount on on Adobe. I've so been a Adobe is like 49 quid a month. So it's not a bad deal, is it? Why do Why does the word cheating uh uh not really a student come into mind? Well uh, I think the word you're looking for is loophole. Loophole. I think it's a, more of a loophole. That's why I'm crafty. He is crafty. He is Never crafty. said there was anything wrong with crafty. You, you save a lot of money being crafty. Clearly. That's right. Clearly. Frugal. Fru- frugal. Yeah, I get well. called a squirrel for it, but, you know. Uh, uh, in in other news, the, going back to the question, 
words that you tongue tied misspell or mispronounce. If people want to write in, where can they write into? You had to say Miller Yawn, didn't you? And Finn, we want to hear from you, mate. If oh, you are, God. you did say you were going to listen to the podcast. This would be the test <laughs> of whether you actually listen to the podcast. I'm sorry us. he's like this. I'm so sorry. Um, <coughs> if you want to get in touch with us, it's on Twitter. We're at Ola Kindness, H O L A. Kindness. Particularly you, Finn. Where are you, mate? <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us on Facebook, you can type the kindness credits into the search bar. We should be the first thing that comes up. I'm talking to you, Finn. <laughs> he needs to stop. How do we get him to stop? Does he have an off button? Um, if you want to get in touch with us on via email, it's honoratthekindnessprojects.co.uk. Finn, just just confirm. Finn, for you specifically. I'm so, I'm so H-O-L-A. Why is Russell putting his hands <laughs> over his eyes? He's embarrassed with all H-O-L-A. Like the rest of us. Just just, just focus on your back end, Russ. <laughs> H-O-L-A at thekindnessproject.co.uk. And on that note... Um, uh, uh, you didn't let me do the website. Trying to do the website. The website is www.thekindnessproject.co.uk. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mispronounce? The website, no? For what? www.kindnessproject.co.uk. Yay! Uh, and MySpace is no longer an option. Um, we don't talk about it. Friends <laughs> reunited? No. No, we re- we re- re- reunited with too many uh, old friends. And they're all on Facebook now. So yeah, exactly. Okay, and on that note, we are going to move on to a couple of uh, little um, uh, news stories all around kindness. And that's got a jingle, which is... <coughs> kindness news! Better done by someone who can sing. Dog edition. Oh, I love a dog! Go on. Oh, okay. You, you scroll past the title. Okay, here we go. Heroic dog gets awarded for saving over 100 koalas from Australia's bushfires. Now, the Australian coolie bear named Bear has been named... Did I skip something? Coolie bear named Bear. No, it's it's coolie named Bear. Right, okay, so... Winning an award from... (coughs) An intrepid six-year-old dog helped rescue over 100 injured koalas. Kalalas, I've clearly mispronounced Kalalas. 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 Kalalas from the Australian bushfires in 1919 to uh, uh, 2019 to 2020. Yeah, dogs don't live that long. Now, the Australian coolie named Bear has been named a hero, winning an award for the International Fund for Animal Welfare, IFAL. IFAL. International Fund for Animal Welfare. Bear was trained in Australia at the University of the Sunshine Coast where the detection dogs for conservation team took the former rescue dog to use his heightened sense of smell to hunt down injured koalas among the ashes. Research fellow Dr. Ramon Chris Descu, who leads the USC team, said Bear received extra pats and extra play after he was honoured via video during the IFWA IFAL Animal Action Awards event in London's House of Lords. She said Bear's sense of smell, along with his enthusiasm for play, made him ideal for research projects such as recognising the scent of koala fur in the bush. Ifal, which sponsors Bear, said the dog has been a ray of hope as he searched burned habitat to help the 
USC IFAL team and their partners to rescue over a hundred people. And he's he's got his own in, his, his Insta, his Insta favor. Medical Dog. Uh, you can find him uh, and all about the story on Bear the Koala Dog. Uh, it's actually Koala Dog. Uh, koala. Be, uh, the Koala Dog. And koala. actually, the um, it's not Dog Edition. It's actually Pet Edition because we've got a cat story. Pet cat missing for 10 years in Aberdeen reunited with owners. A cat missing for 10 years has been reunited with his owners. Forbes had gone missing in Aberdeen in 2011, leaving Neil and Lucy Henderson distraught. The Scottish SPCA was called in after a thin cat was spotted in Aberdeen and a microchip scan led to the owners. He was found less than two miles from where he went missing. Now living in Edinburgh, the owners are delighted to have 12-year-old Forbes back in their life. They had searched for their pet for, for months after he went missing. Mr Henderson said, when Forbes first went missing in March 2011, we were distraught. We'd had him from when he was a kitten and he had such a special bond. We, he was su such a unique and friendly character. We absolutely adored him. Our friend made posters and we went door to door in the area we lived in Rosemont. We asked people to check garages and sheds as we thought he may have been locked inside. After eight or nine months, we very sadly had to come to the realisation that the worst may have happened. He said he was overcome with emotion when he learned that Forbes had been found. So so the uh, cat come back. Well, uh, a dream come true. My wife phoned when I, uh, when I was on the motorway and she told me I had to pull over. I was completely unprepared for what I was about to be told. And hearing that Forbes had been found left me completely astounded to Mr Anderson. He immediately took the car around to go home. We travelled to Aberdeen the next day, and when he was brought out, I recognised him immediately. Forbes did give me a big cuddle, so I'm hopeful that he remembered us. At the moment, we are just gradually introducing to our two dogs and two cats, which is just the best outcome for us. We never thought we would see him again. It's like a closed chapter. It's just opened up. It's a dream come true. So how long, did, how long was he away? Ten did, years. Did it ten years. So ten years reunited with so, the cat is uh, amazing. Go on, what were you going to say, Zoe? If he was twelve, he would have been two when he ran. Yeah. So he was, he was literally. He didn't run away. He and and it's weird. It's It's weird because, like, typically you you assume that cats aren't going to be the most affectionate animals, don't you? Oh uh, no, they're so sweet. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, glad that that cat got found. So they are our sort of uh, bits of news. And now we're going to move on to the interview. And the interview this week is with a, a young gentleman called Eddie Ross. Now, Eddie Ross runs the podcast, the Mental Health Podcast, um, and he's been really brave about um, talking about his own mental health cha challenges, not only to his friends and family, but just opening up on the podcast about his own challenges and sharing some of the experiences that um, have helped him overcome his own mental health challenges. Now, we do a lot of mental health interviews on the podcast, particularly this year. Well, <laughs> it's think, really important this year because obviously... Why do you think that is? Because everyone, it, everyone's mental health is in the toilet this year. Yeah. Because of COVID and the lockdowns. And... Yeah, I mean, I mean, mental... Yeah, everyone's health, uh, mental health is in the toilet, like poo-poo. I mean, I mean, I mean... Eddie Ross is uh, doing amazing work on highlighting some of these issues. And just, it, it's got a really good way of talking about it in a way that, you know, he's personal because he, he's experienced it. That Just remind me, Ross, what's Eddie Ross's podcast called? 
I don't know offhand. Okay, we'll we'll get we'll get the. Uh, well, they'll be in the show notes when the show notes go out. So yeah, so check the links to the show notes to Freddie's podcast. Um, definitely worth a listen to. Um, uh, and we'll let's get on the interview. Let's do it. Eddie, thank you so much for coming on the Kindness Project podcast. How are you, mate? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm well, doing good. Busy as always. Good. Well, let's start. Um, let's start with something sort of not related to any subject we're going uh, to talk, talk about during the podcast. How's your day been? What have you been up to today? It's been busy. It's been hard. I've, at the moment, I'm working on a building site. Okay. Um, so usually my job is maintenance, which is little bits and pieces, you know, fix the door handle, change the light bulb in, uh, in offices. But I've actually taken a couple of weeks off because I haven't planned a holiday. Okay. So I've taken a couple of weeks off with my day job, and I'm going to go work with another company who do the bigger work. So I'm actually on a building site. So if you have a look at my hands, and there always <laughs> cuts and bruises and stuff like that yeah. all the time. But it's been hard, but I've got off early just to come. Mate, here. mate, the problem is you are talking to a man who, for many years, has got paid to talk and think for a living. So actually, <laughs> hard work for me is just like sort of uh, not not that manual. I'm, I've got I've got a guy in my house at the minute who's doing our um, fitted wardrobes, and there is a bit of me that goes. I really should be able to do that, but I can't. <laughs> um, so thankfully, I, I get I get paid pretty well to talk and think for a living. If, and if uh, you're good at something, never do it. <laughs> yeah, true, yeah, true. Um, so let's start, you know, uh, with uh, uh, the question that we always ask our guests when they come on. Tell us a bit about you. Well, I'm uh, approaching 26 in a couple of weeks. Uh, I have my mum, dad, and my kid brother, who's 16 at home. Um, done college for a couple of years, studied BTEC Sport. Uh, didn't exactly finish it, but, you know, I've still got a job now, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I live at the gym. <laughs> Any free time, I'm always at the gym. Um, but if you want to go into, like, more personal stuff... Wait, tell, tell us a bit about family. Like, sort of so my mum's how... a... Practice manager at NHS work surgery yeah. in uh, Stepney, and my dad owns his own building company. Okay, and um, so he does. He's the person I'm working with at the moment, so that's why I can only do. A couple What's of it weeks like working year. with your dad? <laughs> it's I usually only work weekends. Okay, and that's enough. Yeah, because I still live at home. Yeah, so yeah. you know, I get up with him and I have lunch with him and I eat dinner with him. <laughs> so and, uh, I think I irritate him more than he irritates me. <laughs> well, it, it's funny because uh, I, I, I mean, we're we're a family business. Like sort of Savello, the financial planning business I run as a day job, employs well, employs my brother Russ. And um, and Cassie's a part. I've got to be really careful about how I say this. So Cassie, Cassie owns fifty percent of the business. She's my wife, yeah. and we we also employ Russell. I almost said that Cassie was an employee, and that would have got me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> so 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 and and then and then um, Russ also supports us with the work we do on the podcast and yeah. the other stuff we do, and then Charlotte's involved. And I. It, it's a weird one because I don't know how you find it with your, with your dad, but um, when Cassie and I started working together, working together and living together was quite difficult. It you is, to, yeah, yeah. It, it is a bit challenging um, because I still live at home with my parents. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 
it's it's weird. It's like even if we have like a bad day, I still go home, and we have to almost pretend to me mum that everything's fine, <laughs> yeah. and then she can easily clock on that something's yeah. not right. Well, it's I'm happened like, at work. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, just leave it. It's fine. It's that. It's okay. Whatever. And then, yeah. but there's, there's so many things that I do differently to my dad at work, but because he's the boss, I have to kind of bite my tongue. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes I struggle. I struggle biting and just be yeah. like. No, you're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, yeah. Way. yeah. And but, it just never goes down well. But the dynamic is different at work to it is at home, I'd imagine. Yeah, even the speech dialect is totally different. Yeah. Obviously, on a building site to when we get home with me mum. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there'll be swear words everywhere at work, and then we come home, and it's all nice and polite. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. All, all happy family again. I, I, I mean, it's interesting when we do um, when we do podcast interviews, because some people are really, really sort of good, and, and, and we appreciate that. Um, but I did have one guy and he was an amazing guest and the story he told was really good but he ran a charity called Products of a Postcode Um, really good charity helping kids who haven't had the greatest upbringings um, uh, uh, sort of find their purpose in life and and move forward the challenge he's got he was a a proper like acty boy do you know what I mean who who spoke like a proper acty boy Um, and in the end we had to get the bleep machine out first time ever on the podcast we've had to do that and part of me so I was speaking to Russ about this and part of me was like we can't bleep everything out because that's his natural way of yeah, doing it. Yeah, that's just his um, But yeah, it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a real interesting one. But yeah, context is, is as ever all important. Um, and then how old's your brother? He's 16. Okay. He's at college. I say he's at college, he's there when he wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We think he's at college, so I hope he's still going. Um, yeah, he's, he's the smart one. Right. He's a smart one. I'm the hands-on social one. He yeah. likes his own company and his own space, whereas I like to be around people all the time. Gotcha. Um, don't know how that's happened, but it has. Yeah. He's, he's now studying economics, accounting, and business. Okay. And I studied sport. Right. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. two differences between us. Yeah. But, but you're the good. extrovert. He's more like exactly. cerebral and... Yeah. He's, yeah, he's gotcha. comfortable in his bedroom, in his own space. Gotcha. Whereas yeah. I can't sit there in front of the telly for more than an hour. Right to be yeah. up and about doing something. Yeah, yeah, more active. And then, and then, tell me a little bit about uh, the podcast. How that came about. What what inspired you to start it, and 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 what's happening with it? So, what happened was the height of lockdown. The first, the first lockdown, the original. Uh, that was that was when I had two weeks off, uh, not two weeks, sorry, two months off of furlough. And basically, I noticed on social media a lot of friends and stuff were kind of struggling with being at home people aren't quite used to it yeah so i started posting you know like motivational things and um you know how we can all uplift each other together and that's where like my slogan actually stay positive together comes from is that if if as long as we're all together with it we can help each other we can all stay relatively happy (laughs) um so as I was posting more and more stuff, someone actually said to me, why don't you do a, uh, a podcast? Because I was doing videos. And I never kind of understood what I was doing with it, and I didn't think it was the thing to do. I didn't think people listened to podcasts because I didn't. 
And then it wasn't until I listened to a handful of it, I was like, you know what? I can actually move around the room. I can do this whilst going to work. Even at work, I can put it in my earphones. Like, it's really convenient. So I thought, instead of actually doing videos in my bedroom, I'll create a podcast. So I got the laptop out, bought a mic, and just started there. You know know what? I mean, it's really interesting. That, I think, our sort of, um, our reason for the podcast is because it does allow that sort of form because people are moving around and doing up the stuff or mm. like sort of commute to work and stuff like that just allows for deeper conversations to happen yeah. you know what I mean you, like on a video I think people's attention spans are quite short aren't they yeah. whereas a podcast allows you to, to yeah, dig a bit deeper just, it's just a conversation yeah yeah, it's just a conversation. Yeah. So it, it is makes the guests feel a lot more easier. And even when you're talking to yourself on on the podcast, it's not as daunting as if you was actually with someone else talking about yourself. Yeah, in yeah. a strange way, yeah. it makes sense in my head. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think yeah, we we um, yeah we we when Charlotte and I record uh, our bit of the podcast we always direct it to somebody we're just trying to make chuckle um, yeah. that's our like that's our aim and we've been told a couple of times that uh, we we every now and again we do the job so I'm, I'm quite happy with that <laughs> but what you've done is picked a subject that um, I think we don't talk about enough so what made you pick mental health I've suffered myself uh, with mental health um, so I am actually a recovering drug addict. Right. So uh, I'm nearly, it'll be this December <coughs> 7th, will be three years clean and sober. Um, so at a place where I was at the time, the, and when people was then starting to struggle in lockdown, I couldn't let people then reach to the point where I was. Obviously, yeah. different circumstances, what I was doing, um, but I couldn't reach, get, let them get down to a certain level. So that's why straight away it was about mental health because I understood it. Yeah, I understood it because that was that was who I was, and that was a thing for quite a few years. So if there was anything I was good at doing was helping people through mental health because I'm an empath as well. So I take on people's emotions. I take on people's feelings. Yeah. So even situations that I haven't actually gone into myself, I can pick that up just in the room. Do, do, do you find that being empathetic and being an empath actually is quite a challenge at times? Because oh, it's definitely you... a gift and a curse. Yeah, yeah okay. it definitely is. Tell me a bit about that. It's So it's... It's a gift because I can relate to people and I can help them and by get, getting into their shoes when no one else really can. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also a curse because I then take on that emotion that's got nothing to do with me. So, you know, people talk to me all the time on my um, social media uh, about some issues that they have going on and sometimes I'll walk down the stairs and, you know, family will look at me going, was that an hard day? And I'm like, yeah. yeah because yeah. I can feel that I struggle with it. Um, but then at the same and it's not selfish because I'd rather sometimes take on people's feelings because I know a little bit different how to handle it than them themselves especially if they're new to mental health so if if they're feeling a certain way I would rather take that off them and well I I suppose you could argue that you know you know that shared problem then takes part of the burden off of them. Exactly, yeah. And like I I see a private therapist every week and I have to because of the amount of people that talk to me. Yeah. So it was about my own issues. It's now about everyone else's that I take on. So, But I do need to take, you know, every so often I take a couple of weeks off 
off the uh, the podcast and the page just to kind of recharge yeah. the batteries and yeah. get back into it. Otherwise, my whole life is kind of depressing. So sometimes I do need a bit of normality back into my life. So yeah. I, I do yeah, take yeah. A, a bit of a break and then it goes but I, suppose, I suppose that raises an interesting issue, doesn't it? Because like, sort of mental health we see as a challenge when people struggle with their own mental health. But I suppose there's a perspective in terms of finding the techniques to have more positive mental health. So what, what do you think about that? Um, I think people struggle so much when they first kind of receive mental health. So even if it's people misjudge it completely because you can have a rough day and people go, "Oh my god, like I can't believe today," but I'm feeling so down and depressed. But you haven't, you've had, you just had a bad couple of yeah. days, and that's the difference in it. But f- from going into good mental health, I don't think you can actually have good and bad. I think you can have unbalanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. that's the difference into it. So if you're on like a weighing scale and a couple of things have, have come upon that's a bit heavy on, on the mind, then it obviously takes you down a little bit. But <coughs> yeah. then it takes maybe some sort of talking therapy or it took, or it's even if it's medication, that that will bring the scale back up. Gotcha. So I don't think you're ever going to have good or bad. I think you're just going to have balanced or unbalanced. Yeah. People need emotion. Yeah, I mean, sure. Emotion comes from mental health as well yeah sure and i, I, I suppose yeah fi- finding the sort of e- equilibrium the balance in it is the is the key factor so what techniques work for you how do you find Talking balance? therapy definitely yeah uh, i've seen the same therapist for should i send you me invoice later is this, does this yeah. count i see the same therapist was for like three years now but that wasn't my first therapist and this is the argument i have with people constantly because where i recommend it all the time someone goes oh yeah but i did see one it didn't work no you didn't see the right one yeah yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's it's not for that person might not be for you but they might be great for your next door neighbor do you know what i mean so like, this is my fourth therapist that i've seen and i wouldn't go for anyone else okay so if, if somebody's listening to the podcast and is thinking about therapy what are they looking for in terms of finding the right therapist for them well i'll tell you what i did i i went to different kind of people and almost to ask them about their background and all of them was like um oh well, i haven't really suffered myself but i have studied this and this and this and to me that wasn't right because you can read the book you can do the test you can get the qualifications but unless you're you've had your own shoes, challenges yeah, yeah then it's a bit difficult my, my um therapist at the moment is a recovered crack addict mm. So, so you've been through similar challenges. Yeah, so, so some of the things that I've gone through, gotcha. she's like, okay, well, in six months' time, you might start experiencing this. Yeah. Or you might have this kind of feelings because of this. Mm. So it took me a while to, to find that person, but once I did, I'm in contact all the time now. Yeah, yeah. And I, I suppose the other thing is as well is, you know, uh, you know this that what the NHS provide in terms of free support is limited, isn't it? I, you know, yes. I think it's like six weeks and then it stops. Lot, it? A lot longer. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, a lot longer. So I, um, that's why I want to make Into the Mind a charity. That's yeah. the main goal. Yeah. And the reason for it is because the NHS waiting time for to be seen by a free counsellor 
at this minute is eight months. Right, right. And that is far too long. So if you are suffering from any kind of uh, depression, anxiety, PTSD, trauma, and you have to wait eight months to see someone because you can't afford private therapy, that's either going to be too late or you're going to hurt someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not good enough. So... I'm lucky enough that I can afford private therapy, but yeah. not everyone can. Yeah. Um, so that is why then I would like to make the charity into, so you can come see into the minds therapists who will see you if you are unemployed. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Because of waiting time, although yes, we've piled in so much money through the NHS, through lockdown, uh, about mental health. I think it was something like what, a million pounds or something like that that got put into it. Right. But obviously at the time, We've obviously got like a million other people who are suffering yeah. through COVID. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the money's gone. Well, I suppose one of one of the big factors is, you know, one of the side effects of being in lockdown, you know, having fundamental changes to our life. And and again, without getting too political about it, I think, you know, making sure that we were precautionary during lockdown was probably the right thing to do you know yeah. I, I, the government made loads of mistakes but you know i don't know whether you know they could have dealt with it sort of better or worse probably better but certainly uh, not a task that i wished i would have t- taken on in terms of making the decisions oh, definitely about not um <laughs> Um, but 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 I think the problem is, as soon as you pull that lever and say we're going into lockdown, there's unintended consequences, and and, and yeah. mental health has been one of them, right? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many people out there that have lost their jobs, their families, yeah. their yeah. houses, all because of coronavirus, all yeah, because yeah. of that decision yeah, to yeah. lock down. Yeah, yeah. It's fine for the MPs who are sitting there in their own place and they're going, yes, right, we're, we're going to go back at this day and that day. They're fine. It's the other people that then suffering the work class. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't yeah. like to put classes into it, but it is. It's more to the working class yeah, that are yeah. going to suffer, and they're the ones who are more than likely going to suffer with mental health. I mean, I, I realised I said this on the podcast a lot. I mean, we we were lucky throughout lockdown that sort of work continued, but I didn't realise I was the worst homeschooled dad in the world. I mean, it didn't go well with it. I've got to be honest. It wasn't a pretty sight um, trying to educate my uh, trying to educate my then eight-year-old um yeah uh, even my brother's gcc's like, like always reviving revising i was like no well can't yeah. do it. Like, don't, don't <laughs> yeah. give it to me well, you know you know what the weird thing is like so charlotte was in her gcc year and actually because they cancelled all the exams they just gave her a set of results but interestingly from a mental health perspective all of that effort she made to get to a point where you know, she was, and you would have assumed that everybody would have been quite happy with that exams. But Charlotte was like, well, Dad, I've worked two years for this, yeah. now it seems pointless. And there's all of these unintended consequences that have come from this, you know, pandemic that I think we, we're we yet to see the end of, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, look how hard some of the, you either book smart or you're not. I wasn't. My brother is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's he's lucky. But um, if that was me, I think I would be really suffering with actually trying to homeschool and get the results I want. I would n- never have passed. Yeah, if yeah. This yeah. was me at my age. Yeah. I mean, even my brother, who is who does the bare minimum to get past anything, although he's clever, would just do the bare minimum, gotcha. and he got he got through it. But um, but then saying that about the mental health in when kids are going back and stuff like that. I mean, how many kids have gone to college now or sixth form 
who haven't actually had much contact through school. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. everything's completely new. Yeah. You yeah, probably yeah. haven't actually seen your mates in so long, and now you've departed. <coughs> and now you're going to colleges. Yeah. Who, yeah. Where you're in a totally new surroundings, yeah. totally new people, teachers, uh, students, and that's that's daunting for yeah, for, yeah. for kids yeah. that age. Well, partic- particularly as you're like traditionally, you'd go in and 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 be able to build relationships in the early days quite quickly without yeah. it being disjointed and it yeah, has has been a has, has been a bit different in that regard talk to me a little bit about those talking therapies in terms of um you know does that relationship with your therapist ever end? do you see it like just being something where, that that sort of supports you throughout your life or yeah, is it coming fits and start help me I understand think so. a bit so, more about that so because uh, I think we get along because obviously we have the same kind of characteristics which is addictive personalities and stuff like that um, but I wouldn't ever like it just to cut off dead yeah um, but then saying that if I do send her a message she will answer yeah uh, even if it is just a problem like I, I sent her a message saying that I'm feeling this and this and this what is that and she went that's psychomatic experiences so then we had like a five minute chat about it and then she said okay I've got a client now so I'll speak to you tomorrow fine okay you've helped me out there but then you do have to have but that how much of that of... is just having that connection with somebody who understands yeah it is it is mm. because of that's what I said I, that she's my fourth therapist yeah I wouldn't have asked that question if I was unsure yeah, um, but, but like I've been seeing her for <coughs> years, so now I, I consider her as a friend, but it's a work. Friend. It's a professional. Yeah, it's professional. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not going to invite her around for dinner, but if I need her, then she is there. Yeah. And, no, even I check up on her and I say to her, "You're right. Are you yeah. okay? How are you doing?" Because so many people, especially even myself on the page, is that I'm constantly helping other people, but no one wants to check up on me because I assume I'm alright because I'm helping others yeah yeah. so you know I send her a message as well just to be like hope you're okay hope the family's all well yeah, yeah. dog you know yeah. a little catch up and then I say can I book you in next week yeah, yeah so it's so that was part one of the interview with Eddie Ross more on Eddie Ross's podcast next week and on that note what is it Charlotte tis the end oh apparently so no I'm not letting Take that from me. It's mine. Go on, what you can do. No. Well, actually, I think we literally let Sophie have it because no. her, the last week's question in the Oops. podcast was. Um, Mine. Your... <coughs> Tis the end. What are you doing? Podcast. We've done it now. I don't care. I'm breaking in. This is my heart. We've done it. You, you just stopped me mid sneeze. <laughs> I didn't. With a tis the end. Didn't. But need. we will let Sophie just remind us of the last question of the podcast. But you haven't done the screen. Because uh, it was your question. But you haven't done the screen. Well, the, as we know, listeners, because we're now 200 odd episodes in. The end of a podcast is never the end because the end is always the beginning of a conversation about the question of the podcast we had last week, which was... What is your favourite good soup? What is your favourite soup? And this was popular. We had loads of answers to this. Um, First of all, thank you to Charlie, who said, Pretz, pea, mint and chilli. That sounds nice. 
uh, or there no cream of chicken. In the bachelor, in my bachelor days, I infamously had a fridge full of Covent Garden leek and potatoes. Oh, always on, always on buy one get one free. Oh, I love your buy one get one free. Darren Cook, what was Darren Cook like? Plain old cream of tomato, garlic croutons, French onion soup, the hunk of bread floating, and cheese, cheese melted on top of thick mushrooms. With a little, I don't know. Stilton, Stilton, Stilton. Crumb, so. now, now, I like a soup. I like, I'll tell you what I like doing with a soup. Getting a soup and then just breaking off ice bits of bread. Soup. Oh, I do like an ice cream soup. But that's not really soup, is no, it? No, it's just... It's just melted ice cream. <laughs> but, but this is what so I like... basically just cream. This is what I like doing. This is what I like doing with soup. Getting a soup and then just getting big chunks of bread and putting it in the soup. Mm. Do you ever do that? I don't like it. No? Okay. Uh, Michael Taggart said... My late grandmother's Scotch broth. I was brought up on it. If she's, she's with, it's with the gods, they will have made it their ambrosia or nectar by now. Ivor Harper likes cream of tomato, los, lo, lobster bisque and spicy parsnip. Martha L- L- <coughs> says, my mum's vegetable soup. Different veg every time, yet somehow the same essential mumness remains. Stuart Holbrook said miso soup ramen. Hillary Rowland says homemade butternut squash soup. Amazing. Laura Miller Miller said Turkish lentil soup. Richard Cullen said Cullen skink is lovely. Almost said Richard Cullen said all skink is lovely there. Who's that? Uh, what what's his uh, skink? <laughs> who's, who's oil? Why does he skink? And what have you done with my soap? David Crozier said... Uh, my favourite my... bit of that entire thing was Russell just laughing on the other screen. Yeah. Well, David Crozier said, my wife makes a range of soups and they're all fantastic. Desmond Barker says, mine is tomato soup. So that's not... Tomato. Um, Caroline Thompson likes tomato soup. I like tomato And Sharon Hirsch said chicken soup. Eve Keith said curried lentil soup. Sandra Connington said... My homemade chicken scotch broth or ham and lentil if it's, or if it's tinned Max, Baxter's scotch broth. Coral Knight likes butternut and lentil soup and scotch broth. Yum. And Alma Cam. Now, this is an interesting one to pronounce. Can you pronounce that? Sophie. Money Absolutely. Kelly Barker said Morrison's doing red pepper soup, which is lovely. But I also like the Heinz chicken I, soup. I like a Heinz tomato soup. I like a Heinz beef soup. That's soup. my favourite. David, David Bowley said. Bowley. Bowley. <laughs> right, don't insult our guest names. David Bowley said. I love a bit of oxtail soup and bread. And then Francis Barrett said. Chicken noodle soup. Or Heinz cream of tomato soup <laughs> with a cheese toasted. What, what is this? This is my technique where you go really loud and then really soft. This is my. This, I thought we were more polished than this. Roberta White said, homemade, home, friend of the show, homemade chicken noodle soup or butter squash. Oh. Jade Foster Jarrett. We were just stepping into our professionalism. Jade Foster Jarrett said kosher chicken soup. Sean Neil Axon said French onion soup. On on. Carol Stone and Monty. Mine would be chicken, oh. unless I'm poorly. 
ox tail. <laughs> Sarah Steele said Heinz tomato. Marco Halloran said onion and pumpkin. Fiona Mapogo <laughs> said it's got to be a Jewish pen- penicillin. I, I, I think I know what that is, but any Jewish people who'd love to explain what Jewish penicillin is, penicillin is would be appreciated. Sue Halloran said Mulligan, Tawny or French onion. Sharon Adkin, Adkin said, my homemade par- parsnip carrot potato and butternut squash. What is? Mark Wright said tomatoes. Not soup, <laughs> just tomatoes. Why, why <laughs> I think, just eating I think he just bangs them with his phone and eats them with a spoon. Um, <laughs> just I think he just no. chucks them over his kitchen and licks it off the wall. Patrick Floyd. Tomato soup. There's too much sugar in it. Patrick Floyd said any soup. Thanks for breaking it down. There's <laughs> a lot of soups here. <laughs> Catherine Knowles said she chucked it all up on a woman and licked her. Catherine Knowles <laughs> said beetroot with a dash of horseradish. Hazel Gray said carrot and coriander. Or, or homemade chicken noodle soup. Chicken noodle soup. Chilies. <coughs> Gloria Mollin said. Not the best for winter, but it's got to be gazpacho. Gazpacho. <laughs> Elaine Glennon. A final one said homemade chicken vegetable, but thick, more like stew. Love and you. on that note, my friends, and after all those soups. <laughs> We're recording this on a Monday evening. I'm feeling very hungry, so I need to go and eat. Uh, have a lovely evening. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.